Hey, Daria, how are you doing this morning? Oh, uh, thank you. I'm doing just fine. First of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me this morning, uh, after afternoon or evening, your time. What, what, what time is it there right now? It's already afternoon. It's around uh, 4 p.m. 4 so p.m. So it's already the end, almost the end of the working day. Okay. And uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about your story here in just a few minutes, but um, currently you're in, in Poland. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's right. Okay, okay. And and how long have you been there in Poland? Uh, I think uh, almost for two months. For two months, wow. Wow, so you, you actually went to Poland at the very beginning uh, as this conflict, as this, this tragedy started. Mm, I wouldn't be so sure because uh, I already know how the missiles sound, so I also experienced uh, wow. everything. <laughs> so... Of course, it was the beginning, but as you know, right now the war can begin just like in one day, and mm. you just be in the middle of the war. So, you know that that is 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 um, crazy for me to think about. You know, I'm I'm here in Dallas, Texas, uh, and I've never experienced anything like what you've gone through over the course of the last uh, couple of months, and so. Tell me a little bit about your life before all this happened. What, what did you do? Tell me about your family. Uh, give me a little information about who Daria is. Oh, I, um, I work at uh, an ordinary job uh, in just an international company okay. uh, in Kiev. Uh, I just moved in into my new apartment in a small, beautiful city near uh, the big city, Kiev. It's called Irpeng. Uh, why I choose this city? Because it has beautiful forests around, rivers, a lot of parks, a lot of like young families live there. So uh, I was just hoping to enjoy my life. I just adopted a cat. It was also my dream to adopt a cat, so I did it, you know, like I was just living my dream, you know, uh, that I already have a, how, a house that I don't have to pay for, uh, like um, monthly rent, yes, so it's quite an, an achievement. I was living with my mom, okay. and like we too was just building our life, like enjoying uh, the new district, I would say, because like in my... On my street, there's like, like every building is new. So it was built like for, for the last five years, maybe. So it's quite a new, new area. So a very, very new community. Yeah. So, and, and you said you, you were near on the outskirts of Kiev. Now, obviously we have heard a lot about Kiev in the news here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that, uh, you know, there was a lot of battle and a lot of conflict that happened there. Um, do you know if they also, uh, entered into your part of, of town or? Yes, right now, uh, fortunately, thank God, uh, that right now, uh, there is no sold Russian soldiers in Kiev region, uh, because Kiev region is on the border, has uh, the common border with Belarusia. So right now, you know, like it's like not far from 
Belarusia. So if you can, if you uh, if you want to go to Belarusia, you just have to take two hours by car. So it's quite okay. e- quite close. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I, I already know that Russian soldiers uh, were in my apartment too. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, um, how I should say it? Yes, uh, they were in my apartment. Uh, they they tried to rob it. Uh, I I no, like I haven't been there obviously, but right. my neighbors send me pictures and I don't have doors in my apartment. Can you imagine an apartment without doors? Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is right now. So that's... unfortunately, and I have a broken window because uh, one of missiles fell into our yard and a lot of like windows in my building and the building next to mine, uh, they have broken glasses. So fortunately we have a roof, it didn't burn down. So like, it's quite easy comparing to uh, another buildings next to mine, mm-hmm. uh, comparing to them, uh, like it's quite like small damages. I mean, just a window and a door, right. so. That's that's crazy. I, I again, I can't I can't imagine um, imagine that happening here. I mean, I still can, I'm sorry, I'm still can't imagine too. No, oh, I know. And this is so it, you know it, it's still happening. You know, uh, yes. luckily, praise God, not in Kiev in your community, but I know in other parts of Ukraine, uh, there's it, it, it's not good. It's simply not good. And um, and so you know we have a. Um, our, our, our team is down south um, uh, in, uh, on the uh, Ukrainian-Moldova border. And uh, that's where we mm-hmm. have uh, one of the crossings there. We're working with a lot of the nonprofits there mm-hmm. and uh, have, have just heard stories and seen pictures and uh, it's amazing. So uh, now tell me about, um, obviously you said earlier you you started to hear the bombs you started to hear the missiles when did you decide we need to go when when did you look at your mom and say we we need to leave this is this is getting this is getting serious uh i wanted to leave like maybe uh like uh in five days time when the war started because you know like of course, the first days it was quite safe, you know, like uh, they never go, they never gonna come. I thought, but uh, you know, uh, the Gastomia airport where they also started like the first battles near Kiev, it's quite close to my city because you know, like uh, there's like small cities they like uh, one street ends uh, like a small field and then another city street of another city starts so i saw the fires i mean the smoke from stormy airport from bucha it was like very very close to me because my house is like stands on the edge of the city irpeng like one the field and then bucha starts so i started uh, hearing all these uh, missiles i heard uh, uh, like bombs shelling in barajanka because barajanka is quite close to our like maybe 20 kilometers from our city too. So it's it's very quite close, everything. And I heard, you know, like when they like bombed, uh, you know, like I heard how, um, I heard how the rocket was flying over my 
a building too because and then I heard the the blow uh, the blow and then I saw the pictures in a few like in an hour and it was like shocking because it was the first missile shot into my city mm-hmm. and I understood that uh, that I have to leave uh, but uh, one moment yeah. Uh, but my mom didn't want to leave uh, because uh, for uh, the, the situation in our communities when the older people, they don't want to leave uh, their apartments, uh, the place they used to live because uh, they are not like uh, so uh, used to moving or starting a new life. I mean, because they don't have uh, ability to work maybe when they come to a new country because they don't know language, most of the old people, they don't speak any language except Russian and Ukrainian. Uh, so for them, it's quite, it was quite difficult. And for my mom too. So I, it took some time to convince my mom to move. So we prayed a lot. Uh, I also communicated with my colleagues. Thank God uh, that I have colleagues in other countries too, who, dis- uh, who was just checking on me every day, like how, how I am. And when the lights went down, I mean, electricity, there was no uh, light, there was no heat, heating in my apartment for a few days. And it was uh, a winter, actually, yes. So it was not so maybe freezing, but quite cold. So I said to my mom, you know, I, I have to leave. I mean, I have to function, I have to work, so let's leave. And I have, uh, like, one of my colleagues in Poland, he said that I will meet you at the border, so you have to get there. So, uh, and that's uh, when I, uh, like, start thinking how I should get from a city which was under shelling bombs. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I was under constant, you know, like, uh, you, you can just can hear that they started uh, shutting into missiles into airplane. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, what should I do? You know, because you never know where the next missile will fl- will fly. And at least in your apartment or in your building, in a basement, you're quite like a little bit say, more safe than on the streets. Right. So it took me some time. So you guys made it from, from your apartment to the border. How long did that take you to get there? Uh, three days, I, I would say, because... Um, I was counting then uh, the the strike would start after 8 a.m. because I don't know maybe they also wake up yes just have have some breakfast and start work wow. working <laughs> yes the ominous work but uh, and I knew that there was be like evacuation train in the morning and 10 a.m. so for every person together. Uh, and I decided to go, and we just started going on foot. Uh, but then we met uh, some volunteers who were just driving people to their tra- train station. Uh, so they took us and brought us. And then I found the bus. I mean, like a van. I would say it's a van. Uh, and he took us to another part of Kiev. So I didn't took the train because actually the train never came because. The, the exact same same day I was leaving Irpeng, uh, the train, I mean, uh, the Russians, they shot uh, the railway. Wow. So the train was not able was not able to come. So every person who was on the uh, train station, they had to uh, to go to the 
broken bridge and I know that uh, like it's very famous pictures when the people crossing the bridge in Romanivka it's one of the districts of Irpeng mm -hmm. and uh, so and actually uh, that's very good that we took uh, we left in the morning because few hours after we left uh, the road we were driving uh, was under attack and like quite like so, like a lot of cars were burned down uh, and a lot of people were just shot to death just wow. because they were not on time to leave so and uh, actually like we have a rest <laughs> we have rest and uh, I was finally to uh, I was finally been able to eat and sleep uh, because uh, when you know that the, the, there is like war outside uh, your body doesn't want to eat doesn't want to sleep just constantly thinking <laughs> it's that it kind of uh, kind of yeah, it's that adrenaline and the stress of trying to. It's yes, uh, because my mind, my mind was sound. I mean, like I was uh, like very rational. There was no like uh, uh, crying, no. But my uh, my body was in stress, mm. uh, so I had to rest. So like, and then next uh, next day we took to uh, took us. I took a bus uh, provided by volunteers. Thank God for. <laughs> churches and volunteers in churches because uh, because I knew that train station in Kiev was quite crowded like yeah. a lot of people wanted to leave by train uh, so I left by bus to West Ukraine and the next morning I just drove to the border and crossed it in like for two uh, during two hours wow. because I took the small <laughs> The small, the small uh, point uh, where I can cross, you know, not near Lviv because Lviv was like extremely crowded, right. and all the points were uh, were busy and a lot of people. So I took the small one, and it took me only two hours to cross. And then my colleague met me, and like we like, Whew. wow. <laughs> so we are safe. And is your is your mom with you now? Yes, she is with me. Uh, she is having rest. Uh, I mean, she. We found out that she had problems with her health. Uh, thank, uh, thank God uh, that for Polish government and Polish Polish people, because right now Ukrainians can use uh, some medical uh, procedures for free. Right. So we were able to find out she, she has some problems with her health. So she's recovering at the moment. Okay. And we're trying to start a new life here. In Poland. Let, let me ask you this. When did you, you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're traveling, you are, uh, the adrenaline is, is obviously flowing. You're trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. Was there ever a moment, uh, once you, you made it safely into Poland, where you just kind of sat down and just, I, I don't want to say broke down because you're incredibly strong and uh, but was there a point where it just kind of hits you and you're just like wow and and it, you know the adrenaline kind of wore off what was that like maybe a few hours after not hours uh maybe uh, in a few days after we came to poland uh and i was just watching videos of destructions in other parts of Ukraine, maybe in Irpeng, also another another cities like we have a lot of cities, which were like burned down. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I just start crying. So, uh, but it was like 
I would say that I will cry after the war ends because you know because I will see it with own my with my own eyes because right now if I see something which will like happen in my city in city next to me of course uh, of course maybe I can feel angry or I can feel frustrated or sorry but I think I will cry like like a lot after the war will end because I will see it with all my with my own eyes uh, because right now it's only like pictures you know like like any other news so it's not so uh, involving I mean your emotions are not so my my emotions are not involved right and and that's that's really the reason why I wanted to you know uh, host this series of conversations with folks from Ukraine it's because here we get the media coverage, right? We we see it on on the news. We see it on you know on the uh, online or wh wherever. Um, but I think it's very different when you can hear from someone, as you've said, who um, who who's lived it, who's gone through it, and and has the stories of what they experienced. I, you know, uh, there's a picture I remember. Um, probably the first couple of weeks, I'm, I might be wrong here, but there was a, a Ukrainian, uh, she looked like she was probably a grandma. And she was, you, you probably have seen this picture, she's standing there yelling at the Russian soldiers, basically defiant. And I just thought to myself, I wish, I wish that um, folks here in the United States, and, and, and some are this way, but I wish that some of them would understand what that symbolized of having someone stand up and say this is my country and you're you're not welcome you're not welcome here and um that picture it just resonates with me i i um actually have a i i grabbed a screen cap of it because it speaks so loudly to me of of um the resilience and the the, the passion uh what what are your what are your thoughts on how your your president is doing Oh, I, you know, like uh, the first few days when there was a lot of confusion and we didn't know what to do, what's going on, you know, like it all was, all, for me, it was all of a sudden because uh, me, I mean, I and all other, like, of course, maybe somebody like was expecting, like, uh, like half of my maybe friends were expecting it. Uh, but for me, it was like, uh, we see that Europe, I mean, NATO, like United States, I mean, like Biden say, if you will invade Ukraine, you will uh, see what we're going to do with you, you know, like, right. uh, so, and like sanctions and all uh, other stuff. And I thought like, uh, I think like any other European or American say, would say like, of course, it's uh, quite dangerous. And if I will go there, I will lose uh, like everything. So I don't want to go there. But uh it was uh it was not what like russians think so <laughs> and putin think so uh i was caught uh quite uh sudden uh that and speech uh, like videos of how my president stays in kiev how he says uh us like hello i'm here i'm still here all these videos with selfies uh on bankava street where his office is uh, it was quite warming and uh, like engaging and they encouraged me that we are still standing, you know, because like in Europe they say that we, we have 72 hours to to stand, but still there's two months and we are still here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ukraine still exists, so. It does, it does, it stands, and that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, from, from the perspective of someone living in the United States, we've been split here too. You know, you have a, a segment of, of, of the population who is like, what are we doing? We've got to help, we've got to take action now, we've got to do something, because we know, um, you know, the capabilities of our military, and. And, and, and so, uh, and then you have others who are like, oh, no, 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 we can't get involved in that. It's just another battle, you know, Europe and da, 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 da. And so it's interesting because it really has polarized even our population a little bit here uh, with people who are like, we got to do something versus, yeah, let's just let them handle it, you know? And, and um, let me ask you this question. What, what, what can we do as an American popular as the United States, um, non-militarily, obviously I have no control over that, but working in a nonprofit, uh, obviously we are praying for you guys. We are believing, we are doing everything we can. What else can we do to really uh, help you? Maybe support more. I mean, like support us because I don't think that this, con uh, this war will end like in a few months. So. Uh, you know, like right now, everyone wants to help, but if it takes longer, yeah. it will be more difficult to find support because, you know, the war in Ukraine didn't start on 24th of February. It started eight years ago uh, when we decided to say to the Russians, like, we want to be with Europe, with United States, we want to go to EU. And there was a revolution on Maidan Square in Kiev. And after like a few months, uh, Russia started, invaded Crimea. I mean, just, you know, cut a part of Ukraine, just like that. Mm -hmm. And then they start war on Donetsk and Lugansk region. So it was for eight years already, but like half of Ukrainian population also was like, okay, that's somewhere else, you know, it's not in my city, so I don't have to worry about this. Uh, so I think uh, we have to think about the long support. I mean, uh, maybe you can support like uh, maybe with some education courses. I mean, uh, maybe I know, you know, like because a lot of Ukrainians, they left and they have some job connected to uh, the place they lived. Right. And right now, maybe their education is not enough. Maybe. I don't know. You know, like it depends on the person. Uh, so maybe education, like uh, psychological support mm -hmm. too, because actually Ukrainians are not used to go to the psychologists and uh, to, to the therapy, any kind of, so, you know, like we are very tough. Right. <laughs> so, right. And uh, that's why maybe you will, some maybe programs with education, with uh, therapy and uh, all other stuff like this. And obviously to rebuild once, once this is done. Once this is over, there's going to be a yes. lot of rebuilding that's yes. going to need to take place. So uh, to make Ukraine whole yeah. again. And, you know, uh, about this rebuilding uh, thing, I, you know, I have a thought uh, that uh, that's good. Uh, you know, like kind of good that they destroy these buildings because uh, most of the buildings uh, they destroy. Uh, I mean, like in Kharkiv, in Mariupol, uh, in other parts of Ukraine, they were built in Soviet Union and they were quite uh, old and not so good looking. Dang probably uh, dangerous. But right now they are destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> and we were 
New, new ones, better ones. Now that that right there, that is making uh, lemonade out of lemons right there. Hey, we get new buildings, new infrastructure. So like right now, we will like rebuild uh, the cities, which will not like look like Soviet U posts, like uh, former Soviet Union buildings, and they all will be different, and they will be built with bomb shelters. You know, like in Israel, they build buildings uh, like thinking about uh, the war, right. which might come. So I think right now we will be like this too. So that's because Russia will not like will never go anywhere. You know, so we have to be ready to, for war all the time. Yeah, that's a uh, wow. That's a statement right there. We have to be ready for war all the time. Um, well, I. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, very much, unfortunately. Well, but, you know, uh, I think it's a kind of, uh, of uh, mentality as Swiss, uh, Switzerland have. So uh, I think almost every person in their country, they also go, I mean, a male person goes to the military, so they know how to act. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, the same is in South Korea, in Israel, and even Israel, they have like uh, women and right. men go uh, go to the military, just military right, service. Really so I think uh, the same will be in Ukraine too, because we, uh, we have quite a lot of women in Ukrainian army too. So I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I have I've had the the privilege, uh, and I really do consider it a privilege of traveling around Eastern Europe. I've spent some, uh, obviously a lot of time in Romania um, in Hungary and Austria. And um, it is a strong people. And, and, and you are incredibly strong. I can see it in your, your demeanor and the way you communicate, the way you carry yourself. You are an incredibly strong individual who, who by all means should have never, ever, ever have to have seen what you've seen. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you? I am 32. At 32 years old, there's no reason why you should have to have seen what you've seen over the course of the last you know, several months. And um, it just goes to show you how strong you are as an individual. Um, and and uh, I know that your, your, your brothers and sisters there in Ukraine are are the same way, you know, there's a sense of pride. There's a sense of this is our country and this is who we are. And you fought for it, you mm -hmm. fought for it in the past and you'll fight for it now. And I'm sure you guys will fight for it in the future. Yeah. So, well, is there anything else uh, left that you want to share? Uh, yes. <laughs> please do. I'm quite a talkative person. <laughs> and actually, you know, uh, the one thing that helps Ukrainian to uh, cope with the situation is our humor. Uh, we have like we have a serious Chernobyl, we call it, because it's a place near Kherson, which is occupied right now. And Russians, I don't know why they, you know, like we bomb their uh, uh, their machines in Chernobyl. It's like airport, yep. yes, airfield, and they still bring uh, their machines there and like you know like we have already like if, more than 10 times like burned down their machines but they still bring this and we like laugh like oh it's serious Chernobyl <laughs> <laughs> and we have like a lot of 
and maybe uh, you know like uh, when you see uh, like news from Ukraine you see you think about serious stuff but here in Ukraine we have a lot of humor and actually how to found out if this is Russian uh, spy in front of you or not you have to say the word palanitsa and actually this word uh, Russians they can't pronounce this word because of the sound, different sounds. They will uh, uh, pronounce. Uh, so uh, they, they they will not pronounce it like perfect as Ukrainians do. <laughs> and actually, on Russian on Russian television, they said that this word palanitsa means strawberry. But actually, it it's not strawberry. It's just a, a bread, a round bread. I mean, you know, which you bake in in an oven. I mean, you know, like uh, all like in like one century ago, or every like housewife would uh, bake this uh, bread, round bread in an oven in a village house. So and we don't use this word like every day. So you know, like, but every Ukrainian knows what it means so, like, so so Daria, let me get this straight let me see if i understand you correctly rcia has spent millions of dollars billions of dollars trying to figure out how to flush out russian spies and all we really needed to do was yeah. know the word polonizia <laughs> oh, yes, but no, it's only was a start. It was like uh, for for the few uh, first few days, uh, but then you know, like we have all these tricky questions about Ukrainian culture because okay, you know, like we have like uh, like tricky questions, you know, if and if you don't live in Ukraine, you will never answer them because you know, like we have like. Uh, some maybe lyrics from the song, Ukrainian songs, maybe from some no, like poems, and you know, like every Ukrainian knows. Right. You know, it... <laughs> all this, but not Russians. You know, you know, like we have like a test for Ukrainian. <laughs> it's a Ukraine. Well, you know, it, we're kind of that way in Texas here because in Texas people were a little different down here in Texas, and you know, with the cowboys and all that stuff, and and so uh, you know. We had kind of have our own way of talking sometimes. We'll use words that people will be like, what does that mean? And it's like, you got to be from Texas. You got to be from Texas to know what that word means. Yeah, so the so, same. Seriously. The same, yes. So we have like, a, and this kind of stuff, like they, and actually, I, I heard the stories that uh, actually our local defense, they actually found out a few spies like this because they stop on them on the blog, blog post and check and like ask a few questions and they they don't know what to answer <laughs> the right answer like come on every ukrainian knows that every ukrainian knows the answer to that so yeah go away and um, we actually have a lot of videos how russian soldiers try to pronounce the word palanitsa and they don't they don't they ha don't have a chance, you know, they under stress because they have closed eyes, you know, like, and they like in the, in the captivity and like, say Palenita. <laughs> like, I, I can't pronounce what they say because it's complete, like, some bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's work. it really works. You have to follow this video. I, yeah, I, so. Because I think... I think because in like even in Poland they don't know these stories, but in Ukraine we'll, we'll like uh, you know all these stories, small stories about, of course you know about the farmers who stole Russian vehicles. 
Have you heard those uh, stories? I, yes, but part. I, I've not heard those stories. Farmers were stealing Russian vehicles. Come on, because it's like, oh, it was like a few a first few like two weeks, and you know like. Okay, Russians came here, you know, like with uh, their clothes for parade. I mean, you know, the beautiful one. But they didn't took enough food and enough uh, enough fuel. And when you go to uh, like to another country, yes, which is hostile to you, and of course uh, there will be an end of fuel, obviously, because you drive into right. the. And there is, uh, there is no, like, I mean, there is no petrol station uh, welcoming you because every petrol station uh, might be empty already because Ukrainians took Take all the fuel. fuel and run away. I mean, who has cars? And, you know, uh, and some farmers, uh, they found maybe, and some soldiers, they just, you know, like, uh, go out of their vehicles and go for food and petrol. And while they go, Ukrainians took, <laughs> I mean, Ukrainian farmers took their trucks, like, uh, and, you know, like, uh, took these vehicles and uh, took them with, uh, with uh, trucks. That <laughs> is so trucks, funny. I mean. <laughs> funny to see and even gypsies stole one of the <laughs> tanks i would say i think it was tank or something you know we have uh, gypsies uh, also in some yeah. parts of ukraine and they just stole one of these vehicles and said come on well then <laughs> we have also fun stories that we have uh farmers uh, forces so, so, so now you've <laughs> so that, now we've got ukrainian farmers driving tanks out in their their fields great yeah. great <laughs> yes well, you know, like, because Russians, of course, right now it's not like that because uh, some of, uh, and actually uh, after they fled uh, Kiev and Chernigiv region and I think Sumy region, uh, right now there is no right. soldiers. They left like a lot of, a lot of vehicles, <laughs> armed vehicles, like just like, like you, know, you know, you just have to switch them on, just make some repairment, like right. a little bit, like some. Uh, maybe and you can use like uh, uh, by far even Zelensky, Mr. Zelensky says uh, that uh, the most uh, like who uh, provides Ukraine with the most uh, tanks and vehicles? Can you guess? It's which the country? Russians because they're leaving them all behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because like uh, so, so we have a lot of stories like this actually. That is so awesome. Well. Well, Daria, I uh, I want to thank you so much for your time this morning. I have really enjoyed um, uh, laughing with you for the last few minutes because it's 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 a joy to see someone who can put a smile on their face and make fun of the people who who you know invaded the country and 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 I I know that Ukraine is going to be strong and and. Um, you can well bet that I'm going to be one advocating that our country, the United States, does everything we can to support the Ukrainian people. And my mission is to help uh, raise funds and to get other nonprofits uh, and other people, um, you know, engage. And like you said, it's a long battle. It's not something that's going to just go away overnight. It's something that's going to take some time. So... I really, really appreciate your time this morning, and uh, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have to ask, and I hope this isn't a sore subject. What happened to the cat? 
Oh, my cat, she is perfect. She is Miss Milk, oh. obviously. <laughs> uh, of course, I will, you know, like, uh, we have, like, a lot of uh, people, they left their animals because, you know, like, they panicked. They didn't know what to do with their cats, their, pe their dogs, and other pets. And maybe some people thought that they will come in a week. But, you know, we have, like... <laughs> In the building next to me, like one of our neighbors wrote in a chat, in the comment chat, don't worry, right now, like, my, like, neighbor tries to save my cat, so please don't worry that he will, like, be hanging out of the window. <laughs> so we had even, like, these stories, because a lot of people panicked, but as for me, I took my cat <laughs> with me. You know... It Real, real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you go. But a funny story is so you know we we have our our clinics in our churches down in in Moldova and Borelia, Romania, and uh, you know we we're seeing uh, you know hundreds of guests come in and out each night uh, to to you know as we help them along their way. And one thing we never planned for, one thing we never planned for was everyone bringing their pets. And so I was talking to one of our pastors down in in Moldova. And I said, you know, how's it going? How's it going? And he said, well, it's going really well, but it's kind of starting to smell a little bit. And I said, well, that's kind of rude. I mean, after everything these folks have been through, he's like, no, no, not. He's like, they have all their animals and all their animals keep going on the floor. <laughs> and he's like, we had no idea. People were going to be bringing cats and dogs and all these animals. So, so uh, that is something we had to... Uh, quickly plan for if you want if you can support uh, ukrainian organization who provide uh, help for uh, pets who left who were left without uh, their like uh, yeah humans yes people maybe uh, if you can provide the food for them i mean because i actually i follow the shelter which i took my cat from and thank God uh, they have support, but maybe like we have like a lot of cats and dogs left. So if you can pr provide support, it we will we will appreciate. 